Welcome, welcome, and welcome to another exciting edition of the podcast. My name is Will. I am your host of the official podcast of the League of Champions. That's right, the number one ranked fantasy football league in the history of fantasy football. That is right. League of Champions, you have found the official podcast. So congratulations, number one, to you right there. Number two, this is an impromptu episode. There's no fire, so it's not quite a fireside chat, but it's definitely not scripted. So we're just going to run with it and see where it goes. You know what? I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. It's quasi-entertaining, definitely with some content, and we're going to pull something off. I'm going to do it. Me and my team here of like, uh, uh, okay, no, it's just me. All right, so... First things first, we need episode MVP. Let's take a look. Oh, I love the episode MVP. And the MVP of this episode is... That's right. All of us. Why? Because we have four different trades to talk about in the new segment. Yet, in the four trades, there's eight different people involved. So, great job. uh, Great work in the groom, folks. Uh, I love to see it. And speaking of, let's go ahead and talk about those trades. Let's get, just get right into the news. We have so much news to get to this week. We have had six weeks since the last episode, so we have had multiple trades as referenced in the last segment. Let's get right on into them. Let's start with a huge trade, which was Judy for a first rounder. So let's see who got who. Austin got Jerry Judy. I love that Austin is now just like going for it. Uh, and Wolfett got a first rounder, but it was Austin did not send over his first rounder. Oh no, he had some draft capital. He sent over Ben Rose's first rounder, which is by the way, dude, Ben Rose, his team, I think it went like 0 and 2 in the first two weeks and then won like three in a row and scored a bunch of points and then lost a bunch in a row. So I think they've been pretty streaky. And uh, that first rounder might be a kind of a high pick. I didn't look at Jerry Judy's an absolute stud. I think everyone knows that. Uh, Cortland Sutton's actually probably going to be leaving the Broncos this next year. Uh, I don't know if Fant is really like the next Kelsey. I think Judy's going to be amazing. Good job, Austin. Uh, Good job, Wolfett. That first rounder might be a really, really nice one. Uh, and great trade. All right, uh, I'm not actually going to put in the calculator, actually look at it. Again, this is an impromptu episode. I didn't like do any like, research or anything. So then we look at Adam and Jason, and oh, there it is. This is the big trade, and it's Jason Kelly gets Aaron Jones. Oh, Aaron Jones. All he's been is absolutely amazing for like the last three years, like, this year and the last two seasons. He's been unbelievable. I know because I've had him in fantasy leagues that I've won. Um, and the main reason was because of him. So he did a great job in acquiring Aaron Jones. Of course, he got 
injured. I guess this is the news portion of the podcast. We should talk about the part where he's injured. But Booby said that his MCL sprain only took three weeks. And they're saying that his MCL sprain might just take one to two weeks. So if Booby's a regular person, it takes three weeks. And the professional athlete, it takes one to two. That, that math makes sense to me. So Aaron Jones should be okay. Uh, nicely done, Jason Kelly, going for it when you weren't exactly sure how. You're like the, the Giants. Jason, <laughs> Jason Kelly is just like the San Francisco Giants. Not the New York Giants, the San Francisco Giants. Now, Jason Kelly is a huge Dodgers fan, so that's why this is hilarious. But Jason was like, oh, I'm going to make a nice foundation of this rebuild, and I'm going to come back so strong, and I'm going to win for multiple years in a row. And then like three weeks later into the regular season, he's like in first place, right? So he's like, oh, I'm totally overachieving, but I'm, it's not an accident. It's just accelerated pace from what people were expecting. Yeah, that's the San Francisco Giants. Congratulations, Jason Kelly. You're the San Francisco Giants. That's the best compliment I could ever give you. And it's also the best insult I could ever give you. Boom. Doghouse. All right. Let's go on to... Oh, I got a... Uh, someone is sent me a message. Uh, no, maybe not. Maybe that's just saying that I'm recording myself here. Must be pretty awesome that I interrupted myself to find out a notification that I'm recording myself to be interrupting myself. Okay. Anyway, so what did, what did Adam get for sending over Aaron Jones? Let's not just focus on the Aaron Jones side. Boom! Two first-rounders and Rashad Penny. Uh, Rashad Penny. We all know Rashad Penny. I don't have to talk about him. Uh, two first-rounders, two 22 first-rounders. Uh, Rick and I, Rick and I both hope that those are the uh, 111 and 112. But, dude, I know all about being the strongest team in the league and going as number one seed, like nine wins in a row, and then getting freaking slacked in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I'm so bitter about that stuff from last year in my one redraft league. But anyway, uh, two first rounds. I just happen to know, because I have Aaron Jones in a dynasty league, that you're not going to get more than two first rounds. So two first rounds, and Rashad Penny is a good job. Adam... Um, even though they're late, they're still two first rounds plus your own, or I don't know what you do or don't have. Again, not scripted. Uh, but good job, Adam. Well done, Jason. I love that you're accelerating your rebuild into... I love, I love how Jason and Austin both went in the offseason in full rebuild mode and were just so active that by the time we started playing fantasy football again, they are like going for it. So... Great job. I hope uh, oh, I'm going to talk this, talk this into existence. Hey, Jason and Austin, I hope you both be Rick and I and go against each other in the, in the championship. Oh, how horrible. I know, but I said it. I love it. All right, next is a stupid trade where I decided I hate Mike Davis. <laughs> oh, he's so bad. Oh, God bless him. Uh, bless his heart. Uh, so I, I put out in the chat that I was going to drop Mike Davis and I had a bidding war. <laughs> Not much. Okay. I have a bidding war. I had two guys who threw <laughs> fab bids at me and, uh, Rick beat Jason. 
I'll make it. I'll make it discreet. So we know that Rick uh, sent over twenty. Uh, Jason sent over a very respectable bid that just was a slightly under twenty. Uh, anyway, so the funny part about that is, is, is this a torpedo? So the podcast that I listen to, which I probably should be listening to right now so I can actually make the right, like start sit decisions for this weekend, uh, before, um, decisions need to be made. But, uh, when, when I'm, when I'm listening to, to that episode, they, they talk about the, (laughs) Oh, God damn it. I completely lost my train of thought. Ugh, I'm way too deep into this recording. Uh, turn back now. So anyway, what the hell was I saying? Uh, whatever. Mike Davis sucks. And Rick, oh, a torpedo. That's right. This podcast references torpedoes. So it's when you, when you drop someone that has some sort of name value, but you know that he's so bad that whoever picks him up will just be like, uh, end up feeling they need to play him and eventually will play him. But when they play him, he will suck. And you know he'll suck because he sucks for you all the time. And so then he's a torpedo. So, sorry that I stumbled all over that. All over that but shocker, this impromptu episode isn't recorded in a sober setting. By the way, the doghouse has never been recorded sober. That is the one thing that this podcast has achieved. Like, never one episode ever recorded sober. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Rick sent me 25, and that was cool. That was cool because I had spent the 33 on Collins, uh, who, by the way, Austin should have gotten. Uh, he really did get screwed. And I, I, was, I was honest. In, I think we, talked, we may have talked about this last episode, but I was honest when I was saying, like, let's, let's – redo it and and give him Collins because I knew he wasn't that great anyway. Uh, but uh, God bless you, Austin. You're like, no, you have Alex Collins. And then it turns out Alex Collins is a torpedo. So anyway, there we go, full circle. And let's go ahead and get back to the news. You know, speaking of whatever the hell we were speaking of at the time of our chat, our first season, we had 100 fab. In our second and third, we started with 150. The idea was 100 for the regular season and 50 for our off-season spending money. So we could spend money in the off-season just like the real NFL. But unlike the NFL, we don't actually have much talent available then. So should we vote to change our annual fab back to 100 for the year? I'm wondering, should we? I'm leaning that way for sure. Now let's get to the poll. Should we revert annual fab to 100 starting next season? Option number one, yes, we don't have enough talent to have a bidding war in the offseason. Option number two, no, I want to overpay for the likes of Ferkser, Tyrell Williams, and Jarek McKinnon. That really is who I've been spending all that 50 fab on. Uh, well, you won't be shocked to find out that we are going to now be reverting to 100 fab going forward. So when NFL free agency starts, we all get 100 fab. That is it. That is the fab for the entire season. I had zero fab by like week six. So that's a thing. Let's move on. So we get to the final trade, which is... 
my favorite. And one that <laughs> we got to obviously highlight on this episode of the doghouse. So <laughs> I'm sitting at home, minding my own business. And I get a text message saying, what do you think about Pierce? And I'm just like, I don't know. I think he's like regular dude. The text says, no. What do you think about like what he's doing in LOC? None of this actually happened. Well, that mean it kind of did, but you get my point. And I was like, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. What's happening? And he was like, go to LOC. Like, God damn it. All right, fine. Look. And I was like, wait, why is Kyle Juszczyk starting and Le'Veon Bell starting? I don't think he's in the NFL. I mean, maybe he is, but I don't think he is. And uh, why is Najee Harris on the bench and... Pittman on the bench and Cole Beasley on the bench. And I was like, God damn it. We got some regular season tanking going on. So the person who texted me, I was just like, oh yeah, that's fucking lame. That sucks. That's nuts. So then I put an Catholic guilt trip on Rick Pierce that we all was all public. And here's the thing. Rick knew what he was doing. Rick, Rick enjoyed the entire process as did I. And the reason why I know this is we never texted each other because nothing actually ever needed to be said. We knew what we were doing. It was entertaining. But nonetheless, we had an issue. Not an issue. We have a topic worthy of off-season discussion. Ooh, that's well said. It's almost like I do this for a living. So anyway, I'm going to double check and make sure that I'm actually recording this time because not that long ago I was doing one of these. Maybe it's been covering the mic, sorry. Uh, I was doing one of these, and I was like, oh, that's a fantastic recording. No, it wasn't fantastic, but <laughs> it was a recording, and then I wasn't recording it. I was like, oh, that was three minutes of my life I'll never get back. Anyway, that was all a big setup to get to the big finale, which is as I guilt-chipped Rick Pierce, all of a sudden... One of the guys that he was benching for his regular season tank job, which again, we'll discuss in the offseason. Oh, I have so many things to say about it. We'll talk about it in the offseason. One of the guys is Pittman. The next thing we know, Rick Pierce and BT make a trade. That's right. BT gets Pittman and Pierce gets the 2023 first round pick of Needham. Maybe that'll be a mid first. Maybe it'll be an early first. Maybe it'll be a late first. That actually is one of those where you really don't know where it'll be. I'd probably put it right at six plus or minus three. <laughs> Can't go on there, right? Uh, well done, BT. Now, I said this on the chat and Pierce thought I was just being mean. I actually do love Pittman. I think Pittman is um, I think he's the, like how we were talking about Debo just like three months ago. Because Debo right now, they're like, we're like, oh yeah, he's a top five wide receiver. Like, of course he's a top five wide receiver. I think Pittman by this time next year will be a for sure top five wide receiver. Just right there with Adams and Hill and, and uh, Debo himself and Diggs. Do I, do I just happen to have all the top receivers minus Cooper Cup? I definitely don't have Cooper Cup. 
and he is definitely killing it this year. But anyway, uh, well done, BT, getting Pittman. And also, good job, Pierce, look, dude. You got another first round. Rick Pierce's draft capital is unbelievable. And so while I'm infatuated with Pittman and love the BT side, I do have to totally admit that Pierce's draft capital, that vault is just full of awesome draft picks. So, um, you know, he has a couple good tricks. Knowing Pierce, too, he's the type of guy where he could get, and has done this uh, very recently, actually, where he'll have two different trades working at the same time where if he can if he can execute both trades about simultaneously then you can kind of see it as one big trade and Pierce has a good job with that and uh, so I, I tip my cap to you there Pierce and look dude I, I I hope that you do well with all those draft picks um, and I still like Pittman side better okay we are all done there so let's go ahead and pull up this segment and finish it off but now a word from our sponsor do you want to have random old guys show up on your front porch where you know nothing's random since like you know they had to drive down like a half mile dirt road just to get to your damn front porch uh and would you like to have multiple neighbors uh, texting each other trying to figure out uh, whose particular dogs are all over their property, well, you might want to invest in a better dog fence than I currently have. Holy Jesus. The reason why we didn't do roll call over in this episode is because all the dogs are being punished right now and are being put in their separate little areas since they can't be trusted outside because the dog collars don't work. That was one of those uh, commercials that actually turned in to the roll call. That's a double. What we call in the industry a... Oh, wait. I wouldn't know what they call anything in the industry. All right. Next is the next thing that I totally know what it is. It's coming. It's the thing that's happening like in a, right now. Right now. Well, Jesus Christ, I didn't understand that rambling fool on the back end of that commercial. Oh, man, who let that guy in? Uh, but I definitely did, as I dropped my mic, also as my cell phone that's in my hand, uh, I did recognize that interlude, and that means that it is time for the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. That's right. It is the main portion of this episode and the funniest part and the best part about not scripting an episode is that the actual main content is something that is supposed to be actually identified ahead of time and uh, we didn't do that here at the doghouse but you know what that's okay because what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the standings and the standings, not just the regular standings, we are going to look at, that's right, you heard me. Well, actually, I didn't say it yet. I was, I was trying to like pull it up at the same time. Uh, the details of the standings, so you get a standings, you get view details, and you get all of us in our ranks, 
and our waivers and our, our fab number, our priorities, whatever, points for, points against. But there's one that's a max point four. And you know what? I had a lot of interesting text conversations about regular season tanking. And one of the topics that kept coming up was max point four. Now, max point four ends up being the equivalent of a best ball, right? Because it's like independent of any start set decisions you make, what was the max amount of points you could have had? And so that is what we are going to take a look at today. And we're going to take a look at that as a comp- the max points as it compares to our actual ranking. So starting right off at the top, look, actually, let's take it one step back. We will look at those details in a second. But first, let us not forget that we might be doing this for funsies. We might be doing it for bragging rights. Might be doing it just to be able to have access to the best chat line in the world. Um, there's a lot of different reasons that the 12 of us are part of LOC. And one of them includes that every single year, whoever scores the most points that year, right off before playoffs even start, has gotten their $100 back. You congratulations before playoffs even start. If you get unlucky in playoffs, that's unlucky, but at least you have gotten your money back, you have gotten your buy in back, and so we always have to look at points four. And when we look at points four, it is not incredibly close, it is our dub by a bit. So, second place is me, but I'm 170 points back. Now, granted, I can put up a big score, but, like, you know, I put up the biggest score this last week at, like, 194 or whatever it was, and Rick put up, like, 180. So, I was like, oh, I picked up 14 points or whatever, whatever the actual numbers were. So, um Getting big points only works if the other guy stops getting big points. And I know, Wyland, we re- we talked this week as we were having our tanking conversations about uh, you losing to Pierce. But nonetheless, Ryan Reynolds fan club slash Wyland has a very comfortable lead in the realistic points for. So now, and like, again, the, the pay him out points for. So now as we look at the max point four, well, points four, we're not going to be surprised. Guess who's number one? Oh, yeah, Rick Ryland. He has 2,054. Now, so there, that's about a 2,500, uh, nope, a 250 <laughs> uh, point difference between the points four and the max points four. And the second ranked guy in, in max points four is Booby. Well, so Booby must be in second place in our league, right? No, he's in fourth. So the guy that has the second highest points available to have been scored is in fourth. Third place is Austin at 18-21, so another 100 points uh, behind Booby, who again was about like 85 points uh, behind Wyland. 
I'm at number four in max points for uh, in the second and ranked number two at seven and three, which also lets us know that I'm getting kind of lucky. So Booby and Austin are scoring more points than I am, and I just happen to be ahead of them in the standings because I just won a game, luckily, as I'm 7-3, they're 6-4. and four. Uh, You know, if you look at me, Austin, Booby, and Wyland, we're all within one game of each other, uh, and Jason Kelly at 7-3 and three as well. So the five of us are all within one game of each other. And so when you when you look at... Uh, five uh, two but wolf it's right there so let's just instead of instead of looking at the top four let's keep going down wolf is there in fifth his max points for is just you know like 70 points behind me he's currently in eighth place at four and six but his max points is actually 20 ahead of jason kelly who is currently seven three seven and three? By the way, Rick Wyland, our leader of this league, is also seven and three, as am I. Uh, and so Wolfit is right there. Wolfit and Kelly. So look at that. So Wolfit and Kelly are five and six in max points for. This is what they did in the first year as well. And then at the at the actual end of the year, who's going up against each other in the a thousand bowl? That's right. It's Wolfit and Jason Kelly. So. You heard it here first. Keep an well, I mean, Jason's in third. He was in first last week. He's seven and three. Uh, we know he's right there. But basically, what I guess what I'm really saying is don't sleep on Wolfit. Don't sleep on Wolfit. Feel free to sleep on on Stanley. Oh, wait, no, Needham's ahead of Stanley. Yeah, Needham. Oh, Needham has way more. Oh, wait, no, that's points against. Sorry. <laughs> kind of rotated a little bit there. All right, uh, Needham is just 30 points behind Jason Kelly. 7-3 versus 3-7, and seven, yet they're only 30 max points four away from each other. So Needham is absolutely just right there, which is exactly what you want to see as a rebuild. Uh, we drop down 70 more points. You have Stanley. Stanley's fall from grace has been kind of dramatic. Um, not dramatic, just acute. <laughs> Adam... Adam Hensley is is another just couple points below Stanley. Uh, Rose, again, I mentioned earlier, started slow, came on strong, went slow again. And then you have your rebuilding teams of Pierce and BT. Uh, So that was your max points for as you go to our league and you scroll down to our standings, you can hit view details. And as you view details, then that's uh, one of the options. And it just kind of tells us a little bit about how the rosters are doing as compared to our start-sit decisions. Now, when we look at the actual standings again, uh, we are in week 10. Uh, going into week, we are in week 11, excuse me. And Wyland is in first place at 7-3. I'm also at 7-3 in charge in America. Jason Kelly is at 7-3 in third. Uh, but like I said, Wyland's got a big points lead. I'm 170 points behind him. And then uh, Jason's about the same amount behind me. Uh, And, you know, Booby is only a handful of points behind me and one game behind me. So he can jump into that two seed super easily as well. Uh, Pierce, while trying to tank, is still in sixth place. So him and Stanley are trying to tank into the first bowl. And 
I've been hinting at it all episode, but I guess I might as well just give a little bit of my own thought. It is a legitimate strategy to tank in the regular season to get into the first ball. It is. That is a strategy. We don't have rules against it. We might have a rule against something that could lead to that this offseason, but to be honest, I don't think we will because I honestly don't think that we can come up with something specific enough that will actually delineate the, what we're trying to talk about here. It, it, it is going to be way too messy. We're not just going to be able to say this is tanking and that is not, and here is the line, and that is the tanking line, here's the non-tanking line. We're just we're not going to be able to do that. So uh, We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll, we'll save that for the offseason. Uh, this was the sort of uh, nonsense I, I said in the beginning of the episode I wouldn't get into, and of course we're getting into that. So let's go ahead and start to wrap it up. Oh, you can't even write this shit. Well, I mean, like, people who know how to write podcasts would know how to write this shit, but I couldn't write something like this. So I... <laughs> I've decided that for this segment of reviewing old trades, I want to go in order. And so I had to go back to the last episode and remind myself what was the last trade that we looked at. And of course, it was a trade where I acquired Mike Davis. So six weeks ago, also known as the last episode, I was in there like waxing on about how much Mike Davis was such a great pickup for me. <laughs> and then this episode, the news, I'm just like, Mike Davis is a torpedo. Uh, so yeah, apparently I was holding on to a little bit of a, a torpedo slash uh, ticking time bomb there. <laughs> Wasn't really appreciating it. So go back and listen to the last episode if you haven't already. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the next segment, which is reviewing old trades and like I said we had to we had to find out where we we had left off and so we had left off with the CMC trade and then the CMC trade uh led to me getting Mike Davis to handcuff CMC and the arms race continued and I went and I got Michael Thomas at that time I would like y'all to remember at that time, Michael Thomas was considered literally one of, if not hands down, the best wide receiver in the world. Just like Brandy Moss in his prime can do no wrong. You know, whatever it was, like a season record for receptions or whatever, whatever record he broke that was just like, oh my God, he's so amazing. And. And so I definitely uh, gave up a good amount for Michael Thomas. I had referenced it in the last episode. And I, as, I, as I look it back up, it was two firsts, Mike Williams, Hollywood Brown, and a second. And so the last episode I referenced how the second that I got in that Mike Davis trade was actually the extra pick that I sent to Jason for Michael Thomas that put me ahead of uh, Wyland. And I would say, like, I wish that I wasn't the guy that won that race and that he had Michael Thomas. But before Michael Thomas decided that he was freaking useless to all of us, I traded him to the champ 
for Stephon Diggs, his best wide receiver. So, uh, you know, that was something that was working in my favor. Anyway, so we have two firsts. Uh, that's a 2022 first and a 2023 first because I already sent my 2021 first to Austin in the CMC trade. It's the 2021 second, which, oh, oh, I should have looked it up. I should have looked it up and see what that actually was. I have no idea what it actually was, but you can look it up if you want. Mike Williams has been, so here's the thing. I sent Mike Williams and Hollywood Brown to Jason because <laughs> Jason is just like me. We like both of these guys. They both have a lot of upside. And yeah, they're not consistent, but they can also win you a week. And it's fantasy, and they're fun. And Mike Williams went to USC, which Jason loves. And so he and I are both big fans of these guys. Uh, but I, I decided to go for, like, you know, guaranteed. because So I chose to get rid of the inconsistent guys for Michael Thomas. And since then, the inconsistent guys have been pretty consistent, and Michael Thomas hasn't played at all. Uh, but anyway, I was able to turn Michael Thomas into Stephon Diggs, although it did cost me Daryl Henderson and Hunter Henry, who have both done incredibly well for Ruby this year. Um, and although I, I do doubt the staying power of that, but nonetheless, um, that is the reality of it. So that was the Michael Thomas trade, a two first, a second, Mike Williams and Hollywood Brown for Michael Thomas, which now it just seems so ridiculous. It just seems so, so, so ridiculous. But that was, uh, the end of my response in the arms race, the the 2020 arms race. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and move on because I think we've uh, fully analyzed that old trade. The random stat for today is 6.39, which is the projected points for Cole Beasley, the multiplier for projected points for Cole Beasley, ahead of Rick Pierce's starting flex, Josh Reynolds. Now it says on the website, Jay Reynolds, but none of us know who that is. And the reason is, is because uh, he should be on someone's bench, not starting, especially when someone on that bench has a six point, we'll round up to 6.4 projected points, uh, a multiplier compared to the guy that's in the starting lineup. So anyway, uh, Pierce is playing BT this week, and that's just his, his, his part of his regular season tanking. And, and here's the thing. I've been bringing it up all episode long. I think we have an idea of how I feel about it. I'm actually in the exact same position as Pierce is in, an, in Austin's Dynasty League, and I really want to do exactly what Pierce is doing, and I just don't and can't do it. And I'm not saying that I'm better than you, Pierce, but like my thought is I think I have depth in my roster, and my depth at some point is actually going to come through, and I don't know if that's going to be in three years and three months and three weeks or in three days like, or in three hours. I, I do not know 
when this depth of mine in this other league is going to come through. So what I'm just going to do is play it straight up. Even though I want to tank, I already have someone else's first round pick for the next three years. But I want to tank because he's going to finish up uh, in the top four in that league. And I'm not. So I want to, I want to tank so I can get a top four pick. Uh, but I'm not because my thought is, you know, I don't think I'm that far behind. And if the guys that I play can get into the playoffs, they can get hot at the right time, I can go on a run, and I can actually do something in that league. I appreciate that you don't have any faith in your roster and you're trying to be realistic and pragmatic. I, I really appreciate pragmatism, so I'm all for that. At the same time, as someone texted me this week, uh, oh, wait, no, it might have been on the chat. Mm, who knows? Something about, like, what if more people than just one feel like wanting to tank in the first tournament? What if five teams want to tank into the first tournament? What if, and maybe not, that's not realistic. Maybe we don't have to worry about that. What if? Um, this is fin- fantastic off-season fodder. And I promised in the beginning of the episode I wouldn't get into it because I knew I would just end up going nowhere and going down a dark hole, a rabbit hole, if you will. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. So a little uh, foreshadowing and a little self-fulfilling prophecy. But anyway, that is your random stat that Pierce has someone, Pierce is doing his tanking again. So anyway, we are all done here, folks. That was, that was it. That was my impromptu episode of the doghouse. I hope you had a slight bit of entertainment, at least. Uh, It wasn't supposed to be as informative as other episodes, but hopefully you had some entertainment. Look, we're awesome and you're awesome for listening. So until next time, cue music. We're out of here.